You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. And welcome to episode 61 of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Paselli, and with me today are Vicki Stokes. Hello. And Suze Gilbert. Hi, everyone. How is everyone doing today? Good. Uh, good. <laughs> I, just, I just don't want to see snow out anymore. I just, I live in Dallas. This is ridiculous. I shouldn't have snow in the yard. Yes. Oh. I have to go to the, the Sierras to see snow. And they got quite a bit, too. I'm a wimp. I really am. I've turned I know I am. It. I couldn't handle it. No. I, I, at least it's not saying anything. <laughs> well, we're having a heat wave today of 30, so. Wow. <laughs> and I can't see my backyard. It's gone. Well, one, one, day, one day this winter, we had 36 degree weather at night. I opened, <laughs> I opened the windows last week when it was 36 degrees. Oh, my gosh. There's a, I don't know if you, if you guys saw this, but there was a, a picture on Facebook, which, and I'm sure it's out in other places in social media, but it said 50 degrees in Florida. And it had all these people bundled up with their jackets yeah. and hats and scarves. And then it said 50 degrees in upstate New York. And it showed a couple wearing shorts and a t-shirt sitting by the lake, having a picnic. And it's true. I mean, I've got oh, a friend true. who lives in Orlando and she said, you can always tell who the tourists are in the wintertime yeah. because... The tourists are wearing shorts, T-shirts, tank tops, sandals, and the the people who live there year-round are bundled up with long pants, jackets, hats, gloves. <laughs> so, you know, for us, 50 degrees is like, yeah. You, you know, know, for you, Vicky, 50 degrees is, you know, turn the heat on. Yeah, that's winter. winter. You are so right, because when we lived in Arizona, I mean, I was from Maine. So, you know, uh, 40 degrees, I, w- I wore flip-flops all year, all year long. My husband, though, he is very different. He is always cold. I'm always hot. When I was out in Tucson um, in January, um, you know, the heat, the place I was staying, you know, the the people were putting the heat, you know, 72, and I was, like, sweating. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so hot. And I would turn it down to, like, 68, and they'd be like, oh, we're freezing. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, but, you know, cold it, it's when true. It's at 68 for some reason. It, it's it's yeah. really, really cold. Uh, inside, but outside of the sixty-eight, it's nice. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, no, I agree. I mean, in Maine, you're absolutely right. When we lived in Maine, forty degrees was a heat wave. You you opened up the windows, you got the mm-hmm. fresh air in. I know mm-hmm. forty degrees in Dallas, you're you're still. A I, cold, I remember in so. college, there the I could tell the people that were from the East Coast is that uh, when we had snow, there were clogs in the snow. <laughs> Open in the back shoes when I would have boots up to my hip. Uh, That's funny. Well, I wanted to mention before we get going on today's topic that we had some feedback from our last episode, which is about our favorite TV shows. And in our G Plus community, Dorothy Yamamoto, friend of the podcast, said that her favorite show right now is Broadchurch, which is on Netflix and Amazon. Mm -hmm. And she said it's a good one to catch. The cast acted not knowing who the murderer was, and she's looking forward to season two. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So that one is in my queue. In fact, yeah. I was looking at it on Netflix before we started recording, mm-hmm. 
and it's got something like 4.9 out of 5 stars. Yeah. Oh, wow. Excellent. So it's... Broad Church? They, they started like this second season already. Oh, they did start it? Yeah. Is it, a P, is it a PBS or a BBC or... It was, it's the BBC one. You know, they had the other one that's... Oh, I forgot the name of it. I just cannot think of the name. The, the American version of it was pretty good, too. Um... I thought it was just a mini series that was that was the end of it, you know. Uh, but huh. it's not. They're continuing it. Um, you th- you thought Broadchurch was a mini series? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, the American version is called the uh, Grace Point. Um, and oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. It was on Fox. Uh, but yeah, I I thought Broadchurch was a mini series. I thought it was over with after that first season because you know it comes to you figure out what happens and. You know, there's a lot of fallout of it, but there's other stories to um, uh, for them to uncover. And there's a lot of other stuff huh. going on. So, well, that's kind of like um, the killing was like oh, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Where, yeah, where it kind of ended after the first season, and then it see, had I didn't. I liked it, the, but then I thought it was drawn on way too long. I, I was very disappointed I, in that. I agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it got to be a little. Uh, I stopped paying attention to it. Actually, I thought yeah. after the first season that it was over. And they had started the third season before I realized that it was still going on. <laughs> I thought they were going to do a Twin Peaks. I mean, I love Twin Peaks because yeah, you know, I like I David Lynch. I, I think- love Twin Peaks. But, you know, I think the problem is with the, yeah, I think they are coming back with Twin Peaks. But Twin Peaks was able to do that for a couple seasons. But, you know, you have to keep, you know, after a while it was like, okay, who killed Laura Palmer? This is getting really, you know, let's just cut to the chase here. And I think that's what the killing did too. I think... I think they could have started a second season with something else. Um, yeah. But yeah, I thought a it dragged on story. a little too long. A different story. I'll tell you what I have been watching, and I, I, I really I like it now, is Better Call Saul, you know, the spinoff like from too. Breaking yeah. Bad. So, yeah. No, I, my husband and I could care less. Oh. Really? It's just not, it's not grabbing us. Yeah. It's just. Well, give it some time, because the same thing, that it took the first, but you know, I love the way there, there's a lot of Easter eggs as far as, you know, like the where they are you see that later in breaking bad so i kind of like those mm-hmm. locations the locales that they're doing yeah but i love it i love them bringing back some of the like tuca um and mike you know yeah. uh, i love the fact they're bringing back some of the old characters and breaking the evolution bad. No, of Saul. yeah <laughs> yeah i actually like it I'm, I'm starting to like it i don't think they're doing new mexico justice at all <laughs> it looks like tucson <laughs> That's what we always say. It looks like Tucson. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, the other piece of feedback that we got was an iTunes review and a rating from Tucson Charm. So we want to thank you for that rating. And again, in the beginning of the show, we'd like to mention that uh, we would love to get feedback from you. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, uh, opinions about the show. If, if we're talking about our favorite TV shows, tell us which ones you like. We can just keep adding it to our ever-growing Netflix queue. And you can get all of our information between Twitter and the Google Plus community and Facebook and so on at 3 with the number three spelled out. And you can find everything about us there. So today, what we'd like to talk about is our favorite movies. Now, if my kids were here, they would say, you have none, Mom, <laughs> because every time I watch a movie, they'll say, what did you think? I didn't like it. Yeah. Like, you don't like anything. <laughs> you don't like anything, Mom. And I don't. <laughs> but there are, there, are, there are some that I did really, really like. And Vicki, there was one on your list mm-hmm. 
that I saw, and I can't believe that I didn't put it down myself because it is one of my all-time favorite movies, and that is The Shawshank. Yes, oh, me yeah. too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I love a, The Shawshank. Yeah. I, yes, yeah. incredible yeah. movie. Yeah. And I, what's yes. really shocking is that it, it 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 did very poorly at the box office. <laughs> and but I think the reason why it was so good is the director Frank. Uh, I think Darabont. Darab. Darabont. He did um, The Green Mile, The Mist. Um, um, well, you know, because Stephen King wrote The Green Mile. And, yes, he did. Uh, yes. yeah, those were all the yes. Shawshank. King's books, Shawshank, Green Mile, and The Mist. And he also did the first, produced the first and second season of The Walking Dead. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Stephen King did? No, no, no. Frank Darabont. The, the, Frank Darabont, the, okay. He, he's the director on... Um, Shawshank, but he's produced it, exactly produced it and developed the first and second season of The Walking Dead. Um, and I just that I think he has this way of telling the story um, that you just get wrapped up in it. I went to the see Shawshank, um, and I actually had just this free time. I was in between jobs, and I was just waiting, you know, hanging out, not doing anything. Went to the movie theater, and I was the only one there. And I was like, oh, this is going to be an awful movie. And I was so upset when it ended. That's the way I felt. I was oh. like, oh, I got to get out of here and call everybody I know and say, go see this movie. It's really fantastic. And I, I just, it just caught me. I just really liked the story. I, I, he made you care for uh, Andy Dufresne, the character who was sentenced to life in, uh, at the prison. And he and his relationships with people and how he affected people. He was different. And that's what they, the story is all about. Um, and uh, I just, I really enjoyed it. It's one of the best Stephen King's um, uh, movies that I've ever seen. But it's I, I agree with you. I, and, you know, I only watched that not so long ago. My husband and my son said, really, really, Mom, you haven't seen the shot? I said, no. They said, but you, you always liked Stephen King. I thought, well, yeah, that's true. And I watched that, and then I, they made me watch The Green Mile, and I was hooked. I loved the Shawshank. I can't believe I never saw that. I yeah. just... You know, it's one of those things, but I, I yeah, I agree with you. The Green Mile or the Mist, uh, but you know, you know, Stephen King writes a lot of good stuff. You know, tons of books. The Green Mile, I didn't like the first time I saw it, but then when I saw it again, it started growing on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, not my favorite movie, mm-hmm. but definitely one that I, I like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's different. I mean, so when I first heard that Stephen King wrote the Shawshank Redemption, I was shocked because it wasn't the you know, taking place in a hotel wasn't you know the supernatural and all these weird things going on. So well, same way with the exactly. Claiborne story. It was just about uh, this girl, this woman. You know, and he has very strong female characters. Just one thing I like about Stephen King: they, they generally aren't wimps. You know? No, yeah. So that's my but number it, one, and I, I gather that this is number one on a lot of lists of uh, the best movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, like right now, I'm looking at the Internet Movie Database, which it's given people have rated it 9.3 out of 10, and it's voted mm-hmm. number one of the top 50 movies. Yeah, I, definitely. Okay. I would say that. It's definitely, it would, it would definitely be in my top um, 20. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that's a great movie. Now, one of the things I always hated as a kid were musicals. Oh, oh I love musicals. It, 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 what I, I remember watching Oklahoma on TV and these two characters were about to kiss and they stop and break out into song. 
It just made absolutely no sense to me. I said, this is so stupid. However, I grew up to love musicals on Broadway. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is, as much as I'm saying I do not like musicals, my favorite movie of all time, number one, absolutely love, is Grease. (laughs) And I know that makes absolutely no sense, but I think I was thinking about it, and I think the reason why I love it so much takes place in the 60s. And I love that time in history. I love the music. I love how things seem just so simple Mm -hmm. and just... That's why I was always a big fan of Happy Days, the TV show. Yeah. And everybody ate processed. Everybody ate hamburgers and milkshakes and processed foods. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> big thick steaks of all of that. <laughs> and I am not a fan of John Travolta, and I am not a fan of Olivia Newton-John. In fact, I cannot stand her music. I used to I like her. Love, Back, that's why I, I like Grease. Grease. I used to like her. I love Grease. Yeah, I liked it too. I mean, yeah. criticize me. I don't care for it now, but when I first saw it back in oh, 1978, I, I liked it. <laughs> I said, in fact, I do not go. To, I, I don't go to the movies more than once. Like I just can't justify paying for the same movie twice. Yeah, yeah. I did for Greece. I went with one friend, and then we brought some other friends and went to see it again. Mm-hmm. I think I was in twelfth grade when it came out. I loved it. I think I saw it. Actually, I didn't see it when it first came out. I think I saw it uh, some years later because I saw it on TV, and um, I liked it. I said, "Oh, I'm surprised! It wasn't what I thought." Because I love musicals. I like the songs. I like everything about them. I said, like, how could I not like this? Why did, where was I when this came out? Because I didn't pay attention to it. Now, I wasn't a big fan of John Travolta either, so that's probably the reason why I didn't watch it. But I really See, if I, if I was going to do something like a, a musical, I, I love West Side Story. I, I love I West Side Story. For me, that's, that's a much stronger mm-hmm. um, one for me, is yeah. uh, West Side Story rather than Grease. But, you know. Beautiful songs. You yeah, know, and, exactly. I love um, that. Watching Hammerstein Cinderella, that's one of my favorite ones. Oh, oh God, I love that one. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Great songs. Okay. Oh, you know what I never put on my list was Mary Poppins. That's one of my favorite movies. I can't, okay, really? well, anyway. <laughs> I have to watch that again. I saw that when I was a kid, and I haven't seen oh. it since, and it's one of those movies that I wanted to rewatch. Do you know that I know every song still from Mary Poppins? I, I just love that film. I don't, I don't know. I, I just love that film. Okay. I don't have it. I'm putting that on my list right now. That's actually. what, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious? Yes, in Chimchimere and, and, and yeah. Um, yeah. Feed the yeah. Birds. Feed, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to sing. I, everybody will never <laughs> tune in to us again. <laughs> I forgot no, but that Mary okay. Poppins was a musical. Oh, we started, I love she Mary Poppins. About the songs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen this so Well, long. you know what I think, even though, I think it's a great kids film, number one, but secondly, I think, Julie Andrews. I mean, that she was really at the height Sound of her music. musical powers, oh, you know. At, yeah. And I think she had a really good on-screen um, chemistry with Dick Van Dyke. I think they both sang very well together. You know, yeah. it's kind of like Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire. Yeah. I think they work very. You know, I don't know what their their personal thing a relationship was, but at least on screen, boy, I thought it was just magic. I yeah, really it was, liked it. Was, it. It's like um, she has this that she's the stage presence about her and her voice where it projects and everything. I don't think I yes. want to buy, buy an album of hers, but I would love to see her, no. her perform. That's the kind, you want to see that on the stage. Well, I think with Mary Poppins, you know, with 
Disney films. I don't remember the wonderful, or was it the wonderful world the of wonderful Disney, world of Disney on Sunday nights? Sunday nights at seven o'clock. And Mary, <laughs> yes, oh, wow. and, exactly. And I remember, I think they had that a few times and I loved that film. I just, I, it just, it was a feel good mm-hmm. film for me. So mm-hmm. yeah, Mary, Mary Poppins would definitely be up there for me. Does that count or can I go to Inception? <laughs> Go to Inception, a movie I did not understand and could not find. Well, actually, the older I get, the more jaded I feel with film. And I don't like to, especially with films, you know, it's, it's, uh, you can go to a movie theater, of course, and we do do that. But, you know, you're paying a lot more for that experience to go and actually to go to the movie theater. And then you have to, you know, put up with, the inconven- I, isn't that awful, the inconveniences of people? But, you know, people, you know, talking through the film or on their cell phone or bringing their babies a bag and of crying. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you know what? I'd just rather watch it at home. But Inception, I went to the theater three times to see it. And then I've watched it twice, you know, since it's been out on video. I love Christopher Nolan. I love his films. I love his mind. I loved Memento. That's that is another one of my oh that's another one of my because he makes me think his movies are not predictable, and that's why I really like the his scripts Um, even Interstellar. I have to you know I've seen Interstellar uh, a couple times. I'm thinking when it comes out I have to see it again because he makes you process his films and think about them, and it's an intellectual experience, and I like that. I like being able to think I. I don't like all the ends tied up necessarily. And I like the fact that he's covering new ground. I mean, you know, when you look at some of the films that are out there, you know what's going to happen. I mean, it's a it's a very, you know, predictable type of scenario. But Inception, Inception about dream stealing and about the fact that, you know, it was like a, a uh, it started with your subconscious. You know, how do you extract... Uh, you know, people, it, you had your extractors, which I thought Leonard DiCaprio and um, jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt were fabulous in, in those roles. And Tom Hardy, I love Tom Hardy too. But I like the fact that they start up with like a, a espionage, you know, doing a, working for corporations and extract information while somebody's dreaming. I think that is such a cool idea. Because we always, we've always heard about the subconscious, but what do we really know about it? And I think, I think that premise that when he did this script was just so captivating because every time I see it, I, I, it makes me think of something else. I'm thinking, Oh, okay. I thought the special effects in this movie were very strong. I loved the plot line. Uh, I, I agree with you, Elisa. The first time I saw it, I went, wow, I have to see it again. Cause I don't think I got it all. And then I, cause you know, the dream within a dream within a dream sequence, but I thought the, it was one of the strongest plot lines that I've seen in many years, um, you know, of watching films. And I never get sick of seeing that film. I think uh, Marianne Koltyov was absolutely fabulous as, as Maul. Um, I like the fact that, you know, of the idea of inception, when you're planting an idea, you know, in someone's subconscious while they're dreaming. I don't know. You guys didn't care for it because I, I thought... From beginning to end, it was thrilling. It, it it had suspense, and if you followed it along, you know I think subsequent viewings you really start to understand the whole concept of Inception. And I like the fact that at the very end, when Leonard 
um, DiCaprio took his, you know, totem and he, that top and he spun it and you really weren't quite sure, was he in a dream or was it reality? I love that kind of fence, you know, was he, you know, he was on the fence of reality and dreaming and you never really knew. And I like that mystery. I like that suspense through the whole film. It, 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 I thought it was very captivating. It might be a movie like The Sixth Sense, the Sixth Sense with Bruce Willis, mm-hmm. where when you watch it the first time, you think, how did he know this? How did he know that? And then when you watch it the second time, you say, oh, yeah, now I understand why this person said this and did that. Exactly. Oh, The Sixth so Sense that might was be, fabulous, too. Yeah, that was a really good movie, too. And so Inception might be the kind of movie that you just have to watch two or three times to really understand it. I went to see it at the movie theater and it just went too long for me. I can't sit for two and a half hours. So I I, I, I was like, I don't care what happens now. I, I, I left actually. And then I, I tried to watch it again on TV and I just, I'm not a movie person anymore. I, I just don't have the patience to sit for more than two hours. Actually, once you hit an hour, I'm ready to take a break. You know, so that's just the way I am. Um, well, especially if it's not grabbing you. If it's yeah, a movie that grabs yeah. you, I didn't all of a sudden what you look at your... And then I got to the point where I didn't care. And I don't know. I know what it's about now. And I need to sit down and watch it again. It's an it's a, a interesting concept. And it, lots of people like it besides me and, and uh, Elisa. <laughs> well, you know what I liked? The fact when... He, um, oh, I can't remember the intern. She played Juno. I'm just... I'm drawing a blank right now. But oh, El- Ellen, Ellen, um, Ellen Page. Is that her name? Ellen, Ellen Page. Page yeah. Yes. When she was, um, ex- when they were explaining to her about the dream sequence and the special effects, how you know the whole street kind of stepped onto itself. I thought that was a fabulous uh, special effect. I really, really enjoyed that. And I just, I don't know. I liked the fact that I did not, I could not predict the movie. I had no idea what was going to happen through that movie. And I like to be surprised like that i like the um the enigma of having a plot that you really really can't figure out you know of course now i i know it very well but at at that first uh viewing i had no idea it was like you go along for the ride and that in the hunt i think uh han zimmer did the um the soundtrack and that big gong and then edith piaf would you know sing but it was like, boom, I'm like, oh my gosh. And, you know, when you see it in a theater, the whole theater shook. It was fabulous. I don't know. I still get excited about Inception, yeah, as you can tell. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the one thing I do agree with you about is Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh. He's a, he really is a good actor. He's very good. And other young kid, Gordon, whatever, Vivitz. Oh, Joseph. Because I, I just saw him. I remember from the TV show. And I'm like, well, what's he doing here? He is, and Tom Hardy. I love Tom Hardy. I mean, he's. uh, I think he's a fabulous actor too. I'm really enjoying, you know, his acting. Yeah, you know, he's not at the cat. I don't think he's at the caliber of uh, uh, Leo, but Leo, no matter what movie he does, The Aviator or you know, Catch Me If You Can, he's just so good. He's so believable. He really gets into his characters. I like him. Although I've never seen Titanic, I've never seen it. Oh, Titanic was a good movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. It's not. It's not my favorite of all times. I mean, watching it once was enough for me. In fact, it was on TV the other day, toward the end of it, and I just kept flipping stations. I didn't stop. You know, there's you know, there's certain movies like The Shawshank. You stop. You finish watching mm-hmm. it. 
That's not one of no, them. No, that, that that ship going down took forever. I actually left the movie theater because I'm tired of <gasps> the ship going down. Oh, spoiler <laughs> spoiler alert, Vicky! I didn't know that. Yeah, really? The Titanic. Didn't know, Vicky. <laughs> You've ruined the endings for so <laughs> many people. Hey, you guys out there, the Hindenburg did explode, okay? <laughs> oh, you know what I have? You know the problem I have with the Titanic? Do you know what I, the problem I have with Titanic in a lot of historical, um, so-called cinematic films, is that they're not historically accurate. That really bugs me. Yeah. Because, um, and, I, and I know, you know, it wasn't necessarily portrayed at that, but I thought it very interesting that Neil deGrasse Tyson – um, it was a James Cameron that directed that, I believe. Yes. Um, Neil deGrasse Tyson knew the constellations the night that the the Titanic happened, and that's what bothered him about it. And James Cameron, I think, when they redid the film and I don't know, like HD or something, he actually adjusted the constellations, which I thought was cool. Neil deGrasse Tyson is so cool, anyway. <laughs> but um, I thought. That's what really bugs me about some of the so-called, you know, historical films, because I think many times um, young, you know, people sometimes think that's the way it was. That's true history. And that's not. They really need to research, you know, the discrepancies between the Hollywood version of, of a historical account and the, you know, the true history of the account. So that's what bothered me about Titanic. And that's probably why I've never seen it. So... For all you that love the Titanic, I'm sorry, but I probably will never see it. Yeah, I think it's, it's a shame because history, the true stories are generally a hell of a lot more interesting than the fabricated ones. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Okay, my favorite is like a favorite. Ooh, I'm sorry, you guys. My Siri decided to talk for some reason. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite films uh, from a kid on when I first saw it uh, was to, to Kill a Mockingbird. Um, oh, yeah. A lot of people pull the surprise with a novel, and it's a lot of hoopla lately because she's coming out with the new book. Uh, yes. yes. Um, but what's really interesting is that when I was trying to pull up some information on it, I saw the poster for it, the theater poster, and it says The rare film story of a father who must expose his children to a small town's outraged passions. And can only protect them with his love. And I'm like, really? That doesn't even sound like a killing my goodness. I'm thinking about it. Yes, all of this is from the viewpoint of this little girl scout. And how she saw her father and um, and her brother. And it, it was just such a hard... I mean, it says, at the bottom, it's not suitable for children. That's when I fell in love with the story. I saw it. Oh, I agree. And I can relate I to this young you. girl. And how she sees her father and the people in her town. And... She sees the hypocrisy. She's not, you teach people racism. And you can see this child that she saw was wrong and she was strong enough. She was a tough little kid. Um, uh, I, I thought it was a beautifully done movie. And um, the screenwriter also, his name is uh, Hort Foot, Horton Foot. He also did the uh, screenplay for Tender Mercies with um, Robert, was, was it Duvall? Robert Duvall. Uh, I love that movie. It was just such a sweetly done movie. And you could tell that the way he tells the story is very slow and meandering, and you get to know the people, their mannerisms. You can see things that this guy's a really good screenwriter, obviously. Um, but um, I think that um, it, it's a story that has affected a lot of people, obviously, with the uh, Atticus being like a lot of lawyers say they became lawyers because of him. Um, I don't know if they remain true to him, but a lot of people became lawyers as a result. Um, but 
the way it dealt with racism in that mm-hmm. story through those children's eyes was just perfect, you know, because that's when your your morality becomes a, 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 a develops. You look at the people around you and see how they they go through life, and then you you sort of mimic them. You you you. But even even before you start mimicking these behaviors, you question the right or wrongness of it, you know. And it was just beautifully done. That's all I can say. Um, I have. To I agree with you. Again, I don't think it's it's not a movie that I can watch again, you know, because there's some awful stuff in it, you know, that I just can't. Yeah, it just I I it just to to a place I don't like to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but um, I can see how it wasn't suitable for children in guards. So that those parts, but uh, I still enjoyed the movie in whole in, in, in totality. Uh, it I also dealt a little bit of mental illness and stuff like that too. So, um, well done. Yep. Well, one of my favorite actors is Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. Even if the movie I didn't don't like it, he. It's, he's one of those people like Leonardo DiCaprio and Morgan Freeman, where if you don't like the movie, they are good. Yeah, yeah. And my two favorite movies from Clint Eastwood are Gran Torino and Million Dollar Baby. Have you seen Million Dollar Baby? Both of them. I've seen all oh. Clint, I see all Clint Eastwood, but I, I agree I with you. Too. Yeah, I, they were my yeah. favorite. I, I thought, yeah. I, no, I think the, out, well, I like the outlaw Jesse Wales and I like uh, High Plains Drifter. I think those are my, and Unforgiven. I, I like those Play Misty my, for me. It was my favorite. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, yeah, too. Yeah, And I like all the Dirty Harrys, too. I like all the jazz <laughs> that he has in, in, in his, his movies. The too. only thing with him, Elisa, is that I just wish he would not have talked to that empty chair. That that destroyed Clint Eastwood in, in some yeah. way. But I agree I, with you. I, I think, idiot, you know, and yeah, I really think though, as far as an I don't actor, have to agree good. with his politics. I don't like to get into people's personal life. I like his presence on, I, on I, the screen. I, I even like the stuff he directed. He directed uh, Play Misty for me. So um, I, I, I think this is a man who said, "I'm going to take my good looks, and." I'm going to be a real actor. He studied how to be who the characters that we wanted to see on the screen. You know, no, even I his agree. voice, he said, that's effective. It's not, you know, he decided that he's going to, you know, do that, change his voice so people would listen and pay attention to his acting. And, uh, he's, he's, he's a smart man. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. That was a bad move with the, yeah. you know, his personal life. But, but, but million, million Dollar Baby, oh, my God. God, that was that was gut wrenching, wasn't it? It was awful. Grant Torino, I really like his moments like that. Yeah, but I liked Hillary Swank in Millen. I mean, I really liked her. I didn't. I've never cared for her, but I thought she did a great job in that movie. She did. She did. It was just one of those movies where occasionally we'll see it on. Uh, it'll be on HBO or something. My husband will be flipping channels and he'll stop and he'll watch it. Mm. And he'll go, oh my gosh! I, and then I when we saw Grant Torino. I wasn't really expecting too much. I'm like, wow. Yeah. This was this was really good. I like the way it felt. It felt real, the Gran Torino story. Like, this is something that really happened. Like, it was a true story. You know, and um, that's what I really liked about it. It wasn't my favorite story. It was, you know. No. So, no, but, yeah, it was good. It's worth going to the movie. See, I sat through that whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like my kid said, if it's if, if 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 mom says it's a good movie, then sometimes people should take a look at it mm. because mom doesn't like anything. 
Yeah, but you know what? You guys mentioned Hillary Swank. I did like her in Boys Don't Cry. You remember that one? Yeah, that was yeah. another tough movie. Yeah. She, yeah, she won the Best Actress Oscar for that one. I was surprised. Yeah. Because actually, I went to the movies to see it, and I didn't know what it was about. And I'm like, oh, what is this? What is this? So, uh, that's pretty good. Actually, uh, back to Clint Eastwood, he directed American Sniper. Yeah, he did. Which I haven't seen yet, but it's on my list. Well, my next movie, and please, I don't want to hear people groaning, but I saw it when I was a kid and I've always loved it. It must be because I have um, some Russian, Polish, well, Polish-Russian heritage in my blood. But I love Dr. Zhivago. I love Omar Sharif. Um, I just, and I, I know it is kind of like a, you know, a, it's a gut-wrenching Russian type of plot where, you know, you have the love triangle. But when, when Yuri was having that heart attack, um, you know, at the very end, and he, and he sees Lara on the street and he can't get to her. Oh, I don't know. I thought it was very poetic. I can't help it. But have you guys seen um, both of yeah, you? Yeah, you seen know what? I, see that, I see that scene that you're talking about. And I oh. see people trying to duplicate it in other movies, something very similar. You know, know. you see that person, and you and like this is such a copy. <laughs> but, but you know, I it starts. That, yeah, yeah, it's not my it favorite starts movie, off, but of course, I it was, you know, um, well acted and. Yeah, well, Omar Sharif, of course, scene, yeah. is, is orphaned. He's an orphan. I love the balayaka in it. Yeah. And the music, you know, the whole score of Lara's theme, it was those big wall of sound, 60s type of soundtracks. Mm-hmm. But um, I I just loved, I love the scenery. You know, it, I think it it kind of took place, if I remember, it was like pre-World War One. but there must have been some type of political unrest. I, I think it was it wasn't really truly based on a novel. I, they said it was based on Boris Pasternak's novel, but very loosely, mm-hmm. but I just, I love the whole plot line. I love the, you know, Tanya and her, um, you know, the little, uh, Dasha she was at in the, in the woods. And I just, I thought that Omar Sharif and Julie Christie yeah. had some wonderful chemistry yeah, yeah, online. Yeah. You know, I thought their love scenes were beautiful, but yeah, Dr. Shivago, I know we have a lot of movies to cover, so I don't talk too much about it, but that's one of my favorites. Did you know they made a remake yeah. of it? I would never see the remake. I, would... I had no idea. I'm looking at the page right now. Oh, no. 2002. No, I did Kira not. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, God, no. no, no you cannot make it. <laughs> no one, no one mm-hmm. could ever duplicate Omar Sharif and Julie Christie yeah. and Geraldine Chaplin. No way. I don't think they ever uh-huh. duplicated anything else since then. <laughs> the work no. they work out with. I, I, no. I love that's... that one, yeah. Uh, Let me see if that's on Netflix. I've never seen it. I have. I've seen oh. it a couple of times. My sisters love these romantic stuff. So. Yeah, I've seen it a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, Vicky, Vicky, your next one on the list is one of my favorites, too. I love the Coen brothers. Oh, yeah. I, I'm going to do both of those together because they both cool. I got Fargo and Blood Simple. Both of those are Coen brother uh, movies. But uh, as you know, that they're, they're, they have the TV series Fargo, which is Sort of a takeoff of of, of uh, uh, the I don't know why why people you know to me it's the people are getting so banal. I don't think they're coming up with any good ideas anymore. So they have to kind of at least TV. I'm talking about TV, and maybe that's why I don't watch TV. I will watch Broadchurch though. I'm going to go. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Dorothy. I'm going to go check that one out. Yeah. But I really just get so frustrated at rehashed ideas, you know, come up with something new, captivate us. I mean, you might not like Better Call Saul, but, but at least 
they're trying to do something a little bit different. You know, they're, they're, of course, they're uh, jumping off from the success of Breaking Bad, but no one really wanted to see Breaking Bad end. And so this is like the next best thing. And I like the fact they're bringing in the characters. That, and, but, you know, I agree with you, like Fargo, I would never watch that because how can you, how can you um, compete with the success of the movie? The movie made so much sense when you saw it, you know? Yeah, but when it does, the, the TV series Fargo sort of fills in the blank so you know how these characters came about, uh, how the husband uh, became somebody that stayed at home and did like uh, little birds and stuff. When he actually used to be a, a police officer. Um, and yeah, but William Macy, how can you re, how can you even does William Macy play in the TV series? No, the the See, character that he's it's a different character. Uh, Billy Bob, oh, no, no, who played? I don't remember who played uh, the character. I don't remember so, um, because you know how do you replace name. William Macy? Played, uh, William Macy's, Macy's character Macy's is great, but, but I'm telling you that if you ever watch the TV series. It's the same feel as the movie does. So the TV series mm-hmm. is pretty quite good. It feels like um, the same... The TV series is Billy Bob Thornton. No, that, that wasn't oh, a Macy's okay. character. Billy Bob Thornton plays the crazy guy that, that killed... Um, Martin Freeman? That put Martin him in the Freeman is the guy that played oh. uh, Macy, uh, the character that the actor Macy played. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we makes Macy play. Um, yeah, but uh, the reason why I do like the TV series because it did have the same feel. Different people. Uh, Colin Hanks plays the uh, uh, Francis McDormand's husband, and some unknown actress plays uh, Francis McDormand. But they have the same. Uh, it just—it's very, very good. I'm surprised that it's good. Um, but what I like about Fargo is that it has that dark comedy stuff that. Otherwise, you couldn't really get through some of the scenes. Uh, it's just like a lot of violence. But there's a lot of humor in the whole thing. And the way they mix it and how they sort of show you that Minnesota homespun kind of lifestyle that they have. And in the midst of this, is this horrific crime that's being committed. And the person that's solving it is just this regular mom, uh, pregnant lady that's the police chief. And you see why oh, she did chief because she's quite brilliant. Um, but she did a great job with the accent. Who was that? Uh, uh, Francis uh, McDormand. Francis McDorland. Yeah, mm-hmm. she. Oh, that accent, that Midwestern accent. When I lived in Wisconsin, yeah, they do. I yeah. mean, they do talk like that. Exactly. Don't you know? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I really. I was just shocked that it was this good. But um, I'm a big fan of um, the Coen Brothers. They they do quite a. Uh, uh, they're very good. Uh, Exactly. And you know why I like them like um, No Country for Old Men is because nothing is really predictable with them. I love their films, Vicky, because it's mm-hmm. you get really involved with the character and you have no idea where the plot's going. I love their films because and, of that. And that's you know, I, like brother the, were, I like Blood Simple, which was their first one, with the movie that they directed. Um, and it, it, did I, you see Brother? Did you see Brother Where Art Thou? I brought that one off. It wasn't my favorite, but I'm a big fan of George Clooney. But that was based on um, Odysseus, Odysseus, and I thought that was yes, fabulous. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I found it out afterwards, and I like, said, this is when I looked at and it George again, Clooney I watched was, the movie again, I said, oh, wow, that is an unbelievable idea. Yeah. But yeah. George Clooney was, as Dapper Dan was, wonderful. I love yeah, George Clooney anyway. He's really one of my favorite him. actors. 
But I just thought he was so good in in that uh, yeah. in that film. Yeah, Brother Where Art Thou, and the music was pretty neat in that as well. Yeah, very very good. But Blood Simple was a, is another movie they did, and, and uh, Francis McDormand was there. And again, I mean, she's she's married to Joel Cohen, I believe. Um, but that's her. That was her first a starring role uh, in the movie, and she was really, really good. The whole story is about her, uh, 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 Francis McDormand's character, McDormand's character, Abby, having an affair with one of the bartenders. And um, um, her husband hired somebody to take photos of, of uh, them in an act. And, um, um, and it's just the whole story about how... Um, she um, um, tries to get away from this whole situation because her husband is, was really, really crazy. A lot of violence, uh, not a very funny one, but it was very, very well, well done. It's, it's just a, a very good crime story. Um, well, it was the same thing, Burn After Reading. Do you remember that? Of course, I love John Malkovich. And I thought, did, did you see Burn After Reading? I did, yeah. Never heard yeah. of it. You need to watch that one. That's a pretty good one. Oh, with Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt Brad is Pitt great, great in that. He was really oh, great. funny. It was again. It was a very dark humor. It yes. was so funny. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. what I. Yeah. I like. I like the stories like that where okay, you're going to have some violence in it. Fine. I'm. I'm. Pro- I'm okay with the violence, but you better have a good story. You better have something for me to yeah. to, to follow up on. Yeah. It better be smart. Yeah. You know, and Corn the Corn Brothers do some really smart stuff. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Oops, I hear type is Lisa must be still checking Netflix. Your turn, Lisa. <laughs> yes, I was just checking something. <laughs> um, back to Dr. Shivago, they're not available for streaming. Aww. So you have to find that. Netflix has it for renting, but it's not available for you streaming. You can probably search online and see if you can see it on demand or see uh, it coming on soon. You may see it um, be broadcast yeah. on TV. Well, when my kids were little, my husband worked on Friday nights. So I used to rent a lot of videos for them. You know, we'd get Disney movies, things like that. Well, one day I went to rent a movie and we had pretty much seen everything that was out there that was appropriate for the kids because they were little. They were, you know, all of them were under 10. So I'm looking around the store and I see this movie and I'm like, hmm, I've heard of it. What the heck? You know, worst case scenario, we don't like it. I bring it back. That's That's that. This turned out to be... Such a great movie, especially for kids, that every time the kids had a birthday party, I bought this movie as the gift on VHS. That's how long ago it was. It came out in 1993, and it's called The Sandlot. Oh, you're killing me, Smalls. I love that book. I, <laughs> I love, that love The Sandlot. It is. It is. Our boys yeah. do, too. Anybody that has boys, have, have they, that story is fabulous, that movie. And it's so yeah, and yeah. and you never get sick of it. You never get sick of seeing that movie. You know the reason why I think we liked it because I think it was the period was the time we were growing up. Those kids were about our yes. age. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it took place. It took place in the sixties yeah. again. Yeah. My favorite era. Uh, really, was the 60s? and it was just. Yeah. Yep. They're older than 60s. us because I, I think you know we were all born in the sixties, but. Yeah. Yeah. They, Who yeah. the heck is Baby Ruth? You know? Oh gosh, I laugh. You know that would be something like that, you know they the, all the kids were fabulous actors. They oh, did such a great so job. And, and my kids, my kids likes to like to quote. First, you take the gram. <laughs> I always like you're killing me, Smalls. I said that yeah, once in the supermarket, 
Oh, I know what it was. No, I overheard it. And um, someone said, uh, oh, you're killing me, Smalls. I said, Sandlot. And his girlfriend yeah. had never seen the Sandlot. Oh, and yeah. he and I got on her and we said, oh, you have to see that movie. And it is true. There's just so many quotable lines out of that one. That was a really... Oh, yeah. Dennis O'Leary was Dennis O'Leary was good because you know I didn't know where they you know the stepfather I thought oh gosh I just hope it's not going to be a dark film you know after you, you know how they always have like the stepfather is abusive or something in some of these films but no I, I especially after he you know um, let them use the Babe Ruth ball but I love the way they just made it very lighthearted and yes. re- like you said yeah. Vicky it was like. Uh, reminiscent of our childhood. Yeah, I like that very, very much. Because the guy that the screenwriter, the film director, David Mickey Evans, he's the same age as us. <laughs> his father yeah. was writing about his yeah. own child. He also did uh, the screenplay, The Radio Flyer, and he's like, he was. One of I the love that one too. Writers, because he sold both of those things for over a million dollars each. Well, I really like that one too, Radio Flyer. Yeah, yeah, both of yeah, those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You throw a what? You throw a baseball like a girl. You yeah. That no, it. you play ball you like, a, like girl. a girl. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Them are fighting words. What did you just say? Throw like a girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, squint, squints, squints with Wendy. Yep. Oh, that was so cute. No, it was good. It was a very it well was, done movie. And that's, I didn't see it with my I saw it by myself. So you know, I like kid movies that are good, and I heard it was good, so I went to see it and. And every time it comes on TV, I watch it again. They got a Sandlot yeah. I mean, too, but Sandlot Two is not good. No, no, no. Yeah. no. If you have children, if you have children or grandchildren, listeners, get the Sandlot. Yeah, sweet, yep, very agree. sweet story. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot yeah. of fun. Well, my next one, um, I saw years ago, and it's I just love this film. I never get sick of seeing this film. Of course, I love Samuel L. Jackson anyway. But this film is about a violin. It's called a Red Violin. And what I love about this film is it centers around this violin in the 1800s in Italy. And it shows the history of the violin. It starts off with Samuel L. Jackson, an auction scene, um, you know, with this violin. And then the movie goes into the history of the violin. And I don't want to give it away, of course, but, you know, when they... It takes place uh, in the in the eighteen hundreds with uh, in Italy with this violin maker, and his wife is pregnant, and she um, her servant reads tarot cards, and she reads her fortune, and she ends up dying in childbirth, and her husband basically takes her blood and varnishes the violin with the blood, and he never makes another violin, and then it's donated to an orphan orphanage in Vienna. And then from there you just, it goes to from Vienna and you see the whole history and the people that are affected by this violin. And then it goes to England and then it goes to Shanghai. Um, you know, of course during Mao's time, uh, when they were burning, you know, uh, anything of culture and the whole cultural revolution and then back to Canada, it's a beautiful film and the score, um, by John, uh, Corigliano, I bought the the soundtrack because it's part of it's very symphonic and the Red Violin Symphony and then the other part is the soundtrack of the film. It's just a beautiful film to see. Um, Not everybody may enjoy it, but I love violins. I wish I could play the violin and 
I just love the the premise of following an instrument throughout the history. You know, I when I go to uh, flea markets or antique shops, I look at these objects and I think, I wonder what kind of history this has. When you see, you know, little dings and burn marks, I thought, hmm, you know, I I wonder what kind of life that that object has had. You know, so I think uh, this is definitely on my top five. Would be the red violin. Yeah, I saw that, but you know, they only released it in a limited limited release. So I had to go to this artsy kind of uh, theater to see it. So the sound wasn't very good and the seats weren't very good, but it didn't matter because I got really absorbed into the movie. The movie was very well done. You're right. Um, yeah. Uh, it's a shame that they that, that people couldn't appreciate it. They didn't make very much money off of it. I think maybe about $9 million or something. Yeah, not much. And, you know, they did have it on CD. And, I mean, we paid a bunch on, you know, or excuse me, a DVD for it. And now I'm thinking, God, we don't even have a, we don't even use a DVD player anymore. So yeah. that's one that I really need to burn. Yeah. So, the, you know, you we know, have that. If you don't make your money back, you, you don't make, they don't make any more of those, you know. But no, no. That's what happened with this one. It was a beautifully done. Um, yeah. Well, if people, it was not made for anything. Oh, no, no, no. But if people have a chance, they should see that film because it's yeah. a beautiful film. Yeah. It's, a, you know, it's a wonderful film that if you and your, you know, significant other want to have a, like a date night, a glass of wine, that's a beautiful yeah. film to see. It yeah. really is. Yeah. It's not overly sentimental or romantic. It's just a beautiful film. Yeah. Well, my next movie is L.A. Confidential. Did you girls see that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a one of the neo-noir novels by James Elroy. And um, it's about a group of LAPD officers who uh, get involved in uh, some corruption, sex, murder, all kinds of stuff at some kind of coffee shop. And uh, they, uh, they um, it, it, it eventually involves like organized crime, heroin trafficking, pornography, Institutional, I mean, it comes to a lot of stuff in LA <laughs> during that time. Um, and as the title uh, refers uh, to, a, there's a scandal magazine called Confidential, and it is fictionalized as Hush Hush. And it deals with the real life bloody Christmas scandal. So it sort of crosses a bunch of different things that are real and not real in LA. And it, what I like about James Elroy's books is that you get a flavor for the way that time was uh, and that's what I enjoyed most about it the story was sort of convoluted and all over the place for me but I just love the feel of that movie I just I every time I, I see it on TV I stopped just so I could see how the women's hair were how they walk how LA looked back then during that time and um, uh, I just love it it's just really really very very well acted Russell Crowe who's not my favorite Kevin Spacey was in it, who's not my favorite either, <laughs> but I love those. They were very good in this movie. Guy Pierce, Kim Basinger, a bunch of different, Danny DeVito, a bunch of different people in this movie. And they won the Golden Globe and Academy Award for a Best Supporting Actresses and stuff. So a lot of people like the movie, um, and it's pretty good. I like it. Did you guys like it? Yeah. I don't, I don't remember it. Hmm. Yeah. I remember seeing it. I just don't remember much about it, mm-hmm. but I, I love Kevin Spacey. I think. Oh God, he's I another one that's great. I, I love the, the usual thing that I don't like is fake Southern accents, and he does one, and it irritates the heck out of me. If he stopped doing that, then I could probably watch House of Cards. <laughs> I can't. It's like, please stop. You're ruining it. You're making my ears bleed. Stop it. 
And I didn't really. I I thought that they uh, his role in Seven. People go, oh wow, you're so great there. I said, eh, I don't know if you would call it a great role. He's done other stuff that I could probably say, but that one was just at the very last end. He was there and he played this crazy guy. Um, so I, I just wasn't. Stop doing a southern accent and then I'll be fine. <laughs> Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. That was one of the, the um, Clint Eastwood movies that I did not like because Kevin Spacey ruined it for me. Okay. But see, I loved I loved Kevin Spacey in The Usual Suspects. That's probably one. Of, that's another one of my favorite movies. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go through all my movies because I have quite a list. But oh, yeah, I, I love have the to say, suspects. that one was yeah. Good. I love The Usual Suspects. That one again yeah. it was a twist. Yeah. You know, you're like what the, the ending heck? Was, you didn't yeah, see it coming. You didn't see it coming. That's what I love. The story was great. Yeah. Well, my next one yeah. is The Gladiator by Ridley Scott. Um, my husband and son saw it and they were all buzzing about it. This was years ago when it first came out and they said, mom, again, you have to see the gladiator. So we went to the theater and I know you, I know Russell Crowe has been hot and cold, but I really like Russell Crowe. I loved him in the gladiator and I loved him in a beautiful mind. And I, the, what I loved about the gladiator is, um, I love that time period. I love Roman culture. I just think it's really just, you know, fascinating the whole, um, you know, how advanced the Romans were. And, of course, you had, you know, the Holy Roman Empire. And um, so for those of you that have not seen the movie, basically it uh, takes place in, you know, early this early century. Um, I don't know, like uh, really early century when they were still uh, trying to have territorial wars and trying to advance throughout Europe. And uh, Russell Crowe plays um, uh, Maximus. And he, it it opens up with quite a battle scene. And it's, you know, really, you know, I would not the battles are thrilling, but it, it was, I thought it was very, very well done. So then when he um, goes back to Rome, there's some plot lines here where they think that, uh, um, you know, he won't, uh, I think, I think when it was, uh, he was Marcus Aurelius, I'm sorry, it's been a while since I've seen it. Um, it, it, They have him in there. But anyway, Russell Crowe goes and his family is all dead. So then he becomes a gladiator. He's forced to be uh, like a, a gladiator. So they ha- I don't know if they, I'm sure Hollywood, they, I don't think they shot at the real Colosseum, but it makes you want to go see the Colosseum. And it really, I think, again, I, ha- I can't be hypocritical because, you know, this is a, but this is historical fiction. It's not really slated as a true story, nor is it, uh, you know, um, uh, based, uh, you know, there is some basis in true fact as far as what the Colosseum was used for. And they did, you know, kill Christians at the time. I think that's pretty uh, historically accurate. But the character that Russell Crowe plays, you become very involved with him. And I think Joaquin Phoenix, he plays Commodus, who is just this nasty Nero type of emperor. And um, I think Hans Zimmer, again, did this beautiful soundtrack. And I was very disappointed at the Academy Awards that year that they did not award him um, 
an Academy Award for that soundtrack because I listened to it over and over. I I ended up scratching the DVD that I uh, the CD, excuse me, that I listened to it so much, so I had to keep making copies. But have you have did have you guys seen the Gladiator? I mean, I, yeah, you, I saw it. I, to, I saw it. I oh, I loved it. it. I, it wasn't my favorite. I <laughs> I, I love like the cost. I love. Oh, I love the costumes. Um, I loved that ethereal scene at the very end when he's going to Elysium. I I don't know. I loved everything about it. I I you know Ridley Scott productions are usually these huge multi billion dollar epic productions. And I thought, oh gosh, here we go. You know, I'm going to see, but I really loved the gladiator. I probably have seen it seven times at least. And I just never get sick of seeing that movie. I I don't know. The only problem I had with that movie was, um, I I just felt that I didn't know the character, you know, they jumped, the movie felt like it jumped around a lot and he didn't even know his family. You know, so I was like, uh, okay, I know you want to revenge your family, but you didn't even know these people. You know, you were out fighting all the time. So none of that made sense to me. And I just, I didn't get it. I just didn't get what was so great about it. I, I, I don't like the, that period at all, though. So that's the reason why I didn't particularly care for it. Well, I stumbled a little bit about the Marcus Aurelius. And I think, you know, Maximus considered him like a father figure too I think he was his general and he respected him but I also I like the fact that and that is true is that you know when you were in Roman times you were loyal you know to your emperor and to your general and I don't know I I just love that time period like you know Lisa likes the 60s and I love the costumes I thought the cinematography was beautiful I loved everything about that film that's probably one of my favorite Ridley Scott films I don't like all of his films but I really like the gladiator I really did or gladiator I should say yeah that's that's up there on my favorites well one movie that if you haven't seen where have you been that everyone needs to see is Toy Story (laughs) I love Toy Story. I agree. I think that is so well done. Yeah. Oh. We, we, we took the kids, it was during one of their breaks at school, we took the kids to the movies to see it. And it was one of those movies where we blinked and we said, I mean, granted it is a short movie, but we blinked and we said, it's over. We don't want it to be yeah. over. This was such a great story. And I like silly humor. Mm-hmm. You know, like I love Wayne's World, you know, that kind of stuff, because it's just dumb, stupid. You don't have to think about it. That's the kind of humor I like. And just some of the things they did with uh, Mr. Potato Head. Mm-hmm. Yes. Eye. yes. <laughs> Underneath the bed, he, he held his eye and he was looking around to see what was going on in the room. I mean, things like that just crack me up. Yeah. It was such a fun movie. And it was voiced by yeah, Tom Hanks, who just, Tom Hanks mm-hmm. is just incredible, whatever he does. And uh, Tim Allen. And it was such a fun movie. And it's nice to have a movie that you can sit around with all generations of your family and not have to worry about being embarrassed because there might be some foul language or nudity or violence. This was just a great family movie. And a great animation. Did you, did you, did you, oh, yeah. Did you notice that they had, like, you be in a room and you see smudges on the wall. Nothing's perfect. You know, like in, t- in cartoon world, everything's perfect. No, it looked like a regular home and things are thrown all over the place. And just the level of detail that they went to. I, I, well, I that's that just movie. it. Just really I, I think the digital animation and the artwork that would, I mean, you could see the hair, you know, mm-hmm. there's this, just the light. 
shining on the hair and the hair movement. I mean, yeah. really amazing. Like, yeah. I think they got better. I think the whole Toy Story um, franchise, yeah. if you will, really the animation got stronger and stronger. And I think the plot was, they still, you know, derived from the original plot, which I like. But I, I loved it. I think, you know, even for an adult, you know, it's suspenseful. It, was, it had its yeah. moments of suspense. Yeah, it was a fun It was a fun movie. It's not one of those movies where you're sitting with your kids and thinking, oh, gosh, I'm sitting here watching a children's movie. Yeah. This is good for adults or for kids. Yeah. It's, it's the, the, the adults understand those Fisher-Price toys that were in it. Yeah. And the you know the Mr. Potato Head and the Slinky and and the uh, the telephone and all those those toys that we remember having as children, that maybe the young kids nowadays don't understand, but they'll understand the toys and they'll understand the plot line. Well, a lot you know, so many people that grew up you know in the fifties with Howdy Doody, you know. Um, I personally love Buzz Lightyear, but that's uh, you know that's. Yeah, to infinity and beyond. I still say that. Infinity and beyond. Yeah, I still have a Mr. Potato Head. I don't have Mr. Potato Head, but I, I still have. But a Mr. I did Potato like. I really display. did like the commercial that spun off of Mr. Potato Head when Mrs. Potato Head was nagging. They were driving. Did you ever see that commercial? <laughs> and they went around a curve, and her lips fell off and yeah. down a cliff, and he smiles. <laughs> oh, it's a riot! I thought that's that's we can brilliant. Just bow to Pixar Animation because that's they're they're the ones that started this whole animation thing. They they spent thirty million dollars on that film and they made over three hundred and sixty four million dollars. Uh, but awesome. Steve Jobs, I think we also have to thank Steve Jobs for that too. Mm-hmm. For leaving them alone, they, they, he said he pretty much walked away and let them do their own things. <laughs> but yeah, it was his but company. no, for, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that was good. Yeah. Okay, so it's me. Well, I'm gonna go back to my uh, psychological crime thriller. Um, and this is one uh, that was directed by Al- Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, it's called Strangers on a Train. Have you guys seen that one? I never, never I, heard of it. I did. I think I, a long time ago, though. Yeah. It's, it's, it's based on the Patricia Highsmith novel. Um, and she's the one that wrote the talented Rip, Mr. Ripley's series. And oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I love her books. I read just about all of her books. And uh, I saw this because I like her books. Uh, I had not, I didn't read Strangers on a Train, the book, until I saw the film first. It is, it's a, a story about two strangers who meet on the train. One's a tennis player, and he's really handsome and, you know, charming. But he's a psychopath, okay? <laughs> he suggests that because they each want to get rid of someone, they should exchange murders. And that, and that way, neither one of them will get caught. Uh, the first com- murder is committed, and then the psychopath tries to force the tennis player to complete his bargain so it's all about uh, the intrigue that gets involved with this guy trying to force the other guy to kill the person um, it um, it's, it's one of those stories that um, I don't think that back in the 50s that uh, Americans like you know that, they didn't like her at all she was very successful in all her books in, in Britain um, but um so it didn't do very well here, and I, I actually had to go. I forgot how I got the video to see. Oh, uh, I think Netflix had it, and I had to see it on DVD. Um, every now and then it shows up on TV, but um, not that often. But it was a pretty good, uh, a movie. The movie 
the book was better, much better than the movie because uh, there's more details in it. And um, I don't think it's one of Hitchcock's favorite, uh, um, best films that he's ever done. But you know, you, you get the you get the gist of what, what the story is all about. But he was brilliant. Gosh, he was so brilliant. I mean, he really was with his. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know about the person, but as far as a director, yeah. I I really like so many of his films. Yeah. You know, they're very dark and suspenseful. Yeah, yeah. that's that's I, I like. that's what I liked about it. The feel of the whole story. I wish I read the book first so I could compare it, but what what I did is after I saw the movie, I started comparing how the movie was, and I think the book was better than the movie. But um, it was it's not that long of a, mo- a movie, so like um, you know a little bit over an hour. Um, but um, I thought it was a very good story. I like those kind of stories where you have to where somebody's in jeopardy and, and two idiots are at one trying to kill each other. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think um, another um, Law and Order actually did a similar thing. I took the story where two women were trying to they two women killed their husbands and they got away with it. Uh, but pretty much the same thing. Double Indemnity is one of the same movies that did the same kind of thing. Um, I like that movie too. So yeah, is that me? Is it me or go for it? Oh, well, we're going to go to France right now. We're going to go to Montmartre because you know how much I love France. Yes. And actually, I had quite a few French films, but I took some of them off. But my absolute favorite French film is um, is Amelie. Yeah. And uh, what I loved about Amelie, um, Audrey Tatu, I did not care for her acting. I thought she was very wooden in The Da Vinci Code. But this movie, she was fabulous in. I just love it. It's just, it's a quirky little French film. Um, she plays, uh, she was raised by, you know, like a really cool, funky parents. And she pays it forward. That's what I love about this movie, is that she is a waitress. And it's just so funny about, you know, the whole, how they incorporated, you know, like a little porn shop. Her boyfriend works in this porn shop. And it's just, I just think it's so amusing, but it ends up really sweet. And she, you know, she has, she lives in this little apartment and she has this weird little neighbor that, you know, she befriends. And I just love the fact that, you know, she just does really sweet things to try to make people's lives better, you know? And at the end, you know, I love the little, uh, scooter scene going through Montmartre and Sacré Coeur. I, I don't know. I just I think it's a very sweet film. If, has it? Have you both seen Emily? I did. I liked no. it. I think it was. It oh, was cute. I love it. It was really sweet. Um, it is. It, it, that's it, the word for it. It's a really sweet yes. film. And Jan Tiersen did the music, and I I have the soundtrack, and I love Amelie. I just absolutely love the soundtrack to Amelie. And uh, especially the piano solo, Light and Day, that is just a beautiful piano solo. I made my son figure it out and play because he plays by ear. So I said, you have to play this for me. Um, but when we were when we lived in Tucson, we went to see Jan Tiersen. He came um, to the Rialto Theater. And we were very, very excited to think that we we're going to have a whole evening of listening to Amelie music. Well, he played this really avant-garde music. We had... It was terrible. <laughs> I thought, oh, 
oh man, I thought I'd be able to see him play it in person. But if you haven't seen Amelie, it's definitely, I don't know if you can stream it on Netflix, but it's definitely worth seeing. It's just a really fun, like Sunday afternoon movie. Highly, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I think that is available for streaming. Yeah. And it, you know, it's nice. It brings you to Paris. And how can you not like Paris? You know, seriously, how, how can anyone not like Paris? I'll let you know after I finally get there. <laughs> it's on my list one day. So we're running a little bit long, so I'm going to briefly just go over a couple that I have listed here that I really like. One of them is The American President, which is where The West Wing came from. Oh, i never seen that one, I don't think. Yep, it was written by Aaron Sarkin. So that was a, I like that movie. Um, going back to my, I like stupid humor, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah. Oh, duh. oh, gosh. Yes. I mean, if you want yes. to talk about a movie to quote. Yes. yes. You know, bring out your dead. Yes. <laughs> Not dead yet. The funny thing about Monty Python is I was missing a lot of the things that they were saying. So I put on the subtitles once and I was watching the movies. So I'm like, oh, that's what they were saying. You know, so much. Oh, that's funny. I, I can't even imagine about the subtitles. Oh, I should yeah. do that. That's a great yeah. idea. So that you can pick up you can pick up what those things are that they're saying. Okay, that's cool. And then um, the other one would be The Sting with Robert Redford and Paul Newman. Classic, yes. That's another a, that's one where great. the ending you don't know. Exactly. No, that's a very a good one. And then finally, and I know this is frilly and Silly, but I love Never Been Kissed and The Wedding Singer. I love Never Been Kissed. No, I've never seen those. Oh, I love, well, The Wedding Singer, I'm not a big fan of Adam Sandler. In fact, I can't stand Adam Sandler, but I love The Wedding Singer. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's music of the 80s. And so, uh, and uh, Never Been Kissed takes place in the early 2000s, but does a lot of flashbacks to the 80s. Yeah, Drew, Drew Barrymore. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's when Drew Barrymore is just. It's just a light and fluffy movie. It's nothing intense. It's just, like I said, I like. I just like easy to watch. You don't have to think about it too much. And I have the wedding. I have the wedding singer soundtracks because mm-hmm. it's '80s music, and I love them. So, yeah. no, that's me. Because I, and the thing with the, with movies with me about movies is after I've seen them, they pretty much leave my head. So I can say to you, yeah, I saw it, but I can't necessarily tell you what it was about. Mm. Yeah. Well. Well, that's it for me. Okay, I have um, Hoop Dreams. This is a documentary film. It follows. That's a fabulous. Yes. Yeah. Two African American mm-hmm. high school students in Chicago, and they dream of becoming professional football, I mean, base, basketball players. And, yep, that's um, It was originally intended to be a thirty-minute short film uh, produced by PBS, and it ended up filming these young men over five years of, of their lives, and. It's a reality. These a lot of these kids spend their whole life dreaming of becoming professional basketball players. If they spend that one tenth of that energy toward an education, they probably would be much more successful. And both of those boys failed dismally. Um, they, they were never going to be basketball players. They were too small. They had too many things uh, uh, against them. You know, they just their whole life was not set up for that. Um, and it's sad, but if I if you have a young man that's interested in becoming a basketball player, they need to watch that movie so they can see some reality. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. They threw all their eggs in that one basket, um, but it's a very good movie. Um, 
And they made some of their money back. They only spent like $700,000 was the budget. They made like $11 million at the box office. So. Wow. Yeah, a documentary film. That's pretty good. And then oh, my final mm-hmm. ones, I'm just going to lump them all together. They're um, horror movies like Silence of the Lamb, The Exorcist, and Alien. All of those are my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Silence of the Lambs, yeah. Clarice. Well, my final list, um, Saving Private Ryan. I can see that over and over, and I loved, I just loved that film. I really that, did. I, that opening scene, oh my God. You know, I think, I think Steven Spielberg did a fabulous job with that because, you know, for my age, you know, if you think about your grandfathers um, who fought in World War II, you know, some of these kids were 18, 19 years old. They had never, you know, traveled. And here they are. They're going across the boat getting seasick. I thought that was very realistic. And, you know, being basically slaughtered on the beaches on uh, of Normandy. I think I just never get sick of seeing that movie. I think Tom Hanks was wonderful in that movie. I, th- I mm-hmm. thought it was just very well acted. Um, I, I, and I enjoyed then, it. I really, really enjoyed it. And I don't yeah. like war movies at all. That's probably no. like Gladiator because I don't like that kind of fighting. Uh, it doesn't well, I, I thought it really paid homage to that first opening 10 minutes, really paid homage to the American soldiers that uh, first came onto the beach of Normandy, you know, because I don't really think there's been a film, and I may be wrong, but the, any films that I have seen really depicted that so realistically. And I thought it, I, I enjoyed that. I never get sick of seeing Save It Prime, Private, Private Ryan. The other, of course, um, is the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh, I I'm those. sorry. Yeah, I, love I absolutely love, I, I love Viggo Mortensen. I mean, I love the man. I, I'm sorry that he smokes, though. I can't have a smoker. But I do <laughs> love the Lord of the Rings. I love the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And, you know, it's funny because I read, I, I, my husband loves the Lord of the Rings. He loves Tolkien and he read all that in high school and I didn't. So when I went to see the first one and it ended, I said, well, Mike, tell me, tell me what happens. He said, no, you're going to have to wait till next year. And oh my gosh, just the wait. But I thought the CGI effects were really wonderful. Um, I thought they were fairly seamless. I, I don't know. I just liked it. And the other one, I love Donnie Darko. It's this weird little film. Mm-hmm. Didn't get, a, I don't think, a lot of press. It's a supernatural film about time travel. And Jake yeah, like uh, Gyllenhaal plays in it. I love Donnie Darko. I love the soundtrack because I like Tears for Fears anyway. Uh, the Princess Bride. I, that, talk about a quotable film. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father prepared to die. I just loved everything about The Princess Bride. I when my, like you, Elisa, the kids were home on a snow date, I think once I went to Blockbuster or whatever they had at the time and got a VHS of the Princess Bride. And my boys fell in love with that film. And we watched it over and over and over. So Princess Bride is really up there. We already talked about Mary Poppins. Um, The Dark Knight, I think with Heath Ledger is one of my very favorite uh, films of the dark of the uh, Batman series by Christopher Nolan. I don't know if you've ever seen Boondock Saints, but I've never heard of it. Oh, it. it's a wonderful it. film. It has Billy Conley in it. It's if you if you like New England and you like Boston, you're gonna really like the Boondock Saints because uh, it's a it's it's a suspenseful film. It's kind of violent, but the whole plot, I you have to see it. They came out with the second one, which was good, but nothing competes with the Boondock Saints. And of course, Wizard of Oz, I think for that time period, 
that's a film that I never get sick of seeing. I just think that the cinematography and the set design were exquisite. I just loved The the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I I really love The Wizard of Oz. I really do. I think, you know, of course, we can compare it to what we have now for special effects. But at that time, I think it was just beautifully done. And I just love the fact it begins in black and white and then you go right into Technicolor, you know. I love that, too. So... So that's it for me. Okay. So listeners, please share with us your favorite movies. Agree with us. Disagree with us. But let us know what movies that you like to watch. And like I said at the beginning of the show, all our contact information is on our website, which is 3geekyladies.com with the number three spelled out. And we would love to hear from you. We'd also love it if you would leave us an iTunes review, either a rating or a review because that will help other people find the show. So with that, I want to say thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye, everyone. Soft kitty, warm kitty, little ball of fur. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up what, here, Mark. What's, what's going on, Kevin? You're singing the song Soft Kitty. That That's only for when somebody's sick and not feeling well. Oh, but I thought it'd be a great intro into the show. I mean, after all, people listening to us, they've got to be a little bit sick, don't they? That's true. We can't deny that. Especially if they want to hug a geek every week. I know. A little bit confusing. A little bit painful. I feel sorry for them. <laughs> but you know what? If you haven't listened to Geekiest Show Ever, simply go across to iTunes and type in Geekiest Show Ever, and you can listen to Kevin and me every single week. We're sick, we're twisted, but we have fun doing it. <laughs>